Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to Almost Famous, the podcast where I explore the subject of fame by talking to people who've experienced it themselves and ask them how it has affected their own journey as well as the lives of those around them. Guys, thank you so much for your support during Series 3, the isolation episodes. Hope you guys are all okay at home and have got through the weird pandemic lockdown crisis. Uh, And maybe that this podcast has helped you get through some of the boring times too. This is a compilation episode of some of my best of moments of series three. Uh, hope you really enjoy it. Please do uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcast fix. It could be Acast, it could be Spotify, it could be Deezer or anywhere. If you have an opportunity to leave us a comment or rate us, please do. All of that support is incredibly welcome and I hope you enjoy this episode. The first clip is from broadcaster and author Emily Dean. She talks about how her late sister gave her the best and most honest advice when it came to the choices she was making and how she thinks about that advice whenever she has to do something she's scared of. But I I do think about my sister and thinking about that breaking cover. If you've always, you know, listen, it's fine. Not everyone wants to perform, Barney. Not everyone has that secret desire to share their, their, not just their private stuff, but to share things with the world. And if you do have that and for some reason you feel held back, I, I can remember, you'll sort of understand this, and I can remember my sister once said something to me. I didn't want to do something and I can't remember. It might have been something as simple as going to a party on my own. Hmm. And she would have a thing that she'd always say to me. It makes me actually cry saying it. I'm sorry. I don't know if you like Piers Morgan tears on your show. but I don't um... like Piers Morgan, but I'm, I just want you to be yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, you better expect a lot of tears. Um, no, and she, but it's tears of happiness because I think of it because it does genuinely inspire me. She said, you're better than that. It was like a really simple thing. But if ever I was, I said, I can't do it. I, I've, been, I've got to do this thing and I can't do it. And she went, um, you're better than that. You're better than that. And I think of that. And whenever I've got to do something I'm scared of and I've been asked to give a talk or do a telly thing I'm nervous about or just something new and different, hmm. And even with that book, I thought of her the night before it came out and I wanted them to pulp all the issues because I was so nervous. And I genuinely thought of her and I thought of her saying, you're better than that. And I thought, yeah, okay, this is, she's the reason I think that I do it because I think she'd be proud, honestly. And it's like, well, something's come out of this shit show. Next up is singer-songwriter Chesney Hawkes. 
who talked about how upon leaving school, his father told him that he had only the summer holidays to prove that he could actually become a professional musician. Otherwise, he'd have to go to college. It was this ultimatum that led to Chesney getting to number one in the charts and, of course, coming on the Almost Famous podcast. When I, yeah, when I left school um, at the age of 15, uh, well, kind of late, late 15, I want, that's all I wanted to do was play music. And so my dad says, so what are you going to do here then? I said, well, I want to be a pop star or, or I want to be a musician, I think is what I actually said. I, that's what I want to do with my life. And he said to me, okay, okay, son, if, uh, if you're not earning money by the end of the summer in music, then you need to go to college because you need a backup plan. Uh, which is not something that he ever did, I have to say. Although he <laughs> he um, he was a, a, um, a trained carpenter from an early age, so maybe I'm misspeaking there. But I um, I took that on board, and and I went out, and I was I had already like played live and and done done a few little gigs. But I went out and I found gigs around the area. I, I went and played in pubs and wine bars and clubs and. Uh, by the end of the summer, I was doing weddings and, you know, all sorts of things around the air, playing kind of John Lennon, um, you know, uh, Barry Manilow and Billy Joel and Stevie Wonder songs uh, and just uh, and Elton John, you know, just sitting in the corner as the piano man. And by the end of the summer, I was actually doing pretty well and and managing to kind of pay my way, as it were. Uh, so so. Uh, Dad said, "Okay, so it looks like uh, looks like you're you're on the way then." And during that time um, is when my my kind of break came along, where I I auditioned for a for a part in a film. And the only reason I really wanted to to do this film um, was because it it was in a way into the music industry for me because the film was uh, starring Roger Daltrey uh, from the Who, and I it was a, a musical kind of film it was, it was based in the music industry and the kid was, was supposed to be a singer and a, and a guitar player and, and so I thought well that's my way into the music industry you know so so I in that time I went and did that and eventually ended up uh, getting the part which was you know incredible because um, there, there was a lot of people going up for that part and I was just very lucky right time right place and I, I was you know right for the part and end up getting that part. And so but it wasn't quite by the end of the summer, but like literally a year later, um, I, you know, I was, I was well on my way there. So, you know, dad, uh, dad uh, stuck to his word and uh, I didn't have to go back to college. Next up is TV reality star and actor Paul Danan, who discusses from his own experience what he feels TV's reality shows need to do better to help their contestants once the show is over as it's clear that they're really not doing enough in terms of welfare for the people they throw into the limelight so ruthlessly. The main thing for, for I think, for all of these shows is aftercare. You need to have aftercare for at least a year. A therapist once a week for a year afterwards because you, all these people, look at all the people that, that, that commit suicide, it's been afterwards. It's been because suddenly they're famous, really famous. Now, I was talking about that Michael Jackson type fame. What about the people that have never even been famous before they go on the show? Like Love Island is not celebrity Love Island, it's just Love Island. So these are normal folk that, that come in and they've got nothing and then suddenly they've got everything in a minute. And, and it's too much too soon. And it's too much too young. 
and it's like they don't no one telling you how to, to to handle it the fame the girls the the drink the sex the money the drugs the 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 the, the and then the loss then suddenly oh it's the new batch so once the new batch come in uh, your old hat you know yeah. no one gives a fuck about you anymore we're all about the all about the kim uh, the, the the kim and the chris now and then once Kevin Chris is done, we're on to the next lot. We're on to the, you know, and it's like, just like a, a, a machine, a factory, you know, and you're just, you're just, and it's so bad that the, the aftercare needs to be solid. It needs to be, you know, um, weekly and, it, and maybe it needs to be, um, you know, group with the group, group therapy or whatever, you know, uh, um, because, because, uh, you know, it's so important uh, to, to be able to help people to handle that amount of fame that fast. Those, those, those followers, those, those, um, uh, you know, they do those uh, paid posts and this, that yeah. and the other. And, you know, it's just like, it's a lot of money and a lot of, uh, a lot of fame and, and it's all, and then it's and a lot of rejection afterwards as well. In the next clip, comedian Angela Barnes talks about how she feels the balance is finally changing for the better when it comes to seeing female comedians on television, radio, and in the writers' rooms of the comedy industry. Say maybe 10 years ago, there was a real movement. When I started doing stand-up, there was a lot of women started at around the same time as me, and now we're getting to the point where we're the ones on telly, you know? So, um, and and similarly in writing, there's a lot of women now who are getting into the writers' rooms. And so in 10 years' time, I think it will be 50-50 pretty much. Um, because, you know, as those people that are just starting out now get to the top of their game, that I think yeah. the balance is coming. And and it's that thing as well of you've got to see it to be it. You know, when I was growing up, there weren't many women doing comedy on telly. You had Victoria Wood, you had Joe Brand, you had Jenny Eclair, uh, you had Joe French and Saunders. You had French and Saunders. But, you know, compared to the amount of men doing of it, yeah. they just weren't. Whereas now, you know, it's, it's pretty evenly distributed now and you've got people like Catherine Ryan and Sarah Pascoe and Sarah Millican who are just paving the way for the next generation and now yeah. I go to um I every year twice a year I go to Jill Edwards runs her course twice a year and I always go and do a Q&A with them um Brilliant. Uh, because it's where I started and I feel a lot of you know um love for that course and I go and and speak to the students and then I MC their uh end of course show thing that they do and i'd say there's easily as many women doing it as men now easily if not more brilliant um you're a trailblazer angela you're you're helping with that stuff (laughs) i don't know if i am i think the trailblazers are your millicans your pascos your you know they they went and said right fuck this we're 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 showing them you know and now people are used to seeing us on the telly so it's not such a shock you know whereas 10 years ago it's like a woman on what the week what yeah she'll be shit you know and and it's very it's difficult because if you look at a i would say if you look at a youtube clip of a male comic dying on stage right all the comments underneath will be about how shit that comic is if you go to a youtube clip of a female comic 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Dying on stage, all the comments will be that women are shit at comedy. So every time you went on stage or on a panel show, you had the reputation of all women in comedy on your shoulders, not just yourself you were responsible for. Whereas nobody's ever gone, you know, when a man has a bad gig, Nobody's ever gone, God, men are shit at comedy, aren't they? That just doesn't happen. Yeah. And that's a lot yeah. of pressure to put on someone who's just starting out. <laughs> you know, every yeah. time you go on stage, every time you go on TV, every time you go on radio, that's your, the whole of your gender is being judged. Another comedian next as Lou Sanders tells me about her appearance on The Late Late Show with James Corden and how it actually cost her money to go out there and do it. But she's super glad she did as she loves the final result and it may be the best clip of her on television that she's seen so far. Oh my God. Yeah, I was really happy to do it. It is a money li- money loss leader, uh, but that's okay. Um, Wait, they didn't pay your travel? No. What? And, and my agent's really cautious, so he always waits until something's like signed and sealed to act on it. So he was like, don't book your flights yet. And then they went up. And just the day that I was going was like really expensive because you 
anyway, so I ended up, and then I put myself into a nice hotel because I thought I've got to be relaxed and I've got to be by the beach and all this stuff. So then, because I could have stayed with a friend, but I wanted to run through my set loads of notes because I was quite nervous. So I thought it's easier to do it in my own space than feel guilty about being in someone's house and stuff. So yeah it ended up costing me money to go plus which I wouldn't mind but then I love LA and I love the beach and I and it was hot and it was not hot in uh in England and I was like I'd do anything to stay on the beach but guess what I could only go for one day and I thought that's a blight on the environment and yeah I was so tired and I really wanted to like stay I I know it sounds a bit like oh boohoo but um yeah, I wanted to stay so bad, but I had a tour show in Brighton and my agent was like, you can't cancel the tour show. So uh, hold on, hold on. So I am I feel like I know the ins and outs of these things quite well, but at what point do they book an English comedian who they know lives in England and not offer to pay for the travel? Or is it is it because they think it's, you know, they know it's such an opportunity for you that they're yeah. like, take it or leave it? Yeah. yeah, they know it's an opportunity for you. Also, I mean, they do pay you, but you end up spending more than you yeah. may. Um and also I had an American visa and I really wanted to use it before it ran out. And it was um, like about, that's why I think my agent set it up. They were like, hey, hey, she's got a visa for about 10 more days. So if you want her book her now. And they were like, all right, cool. And then, yeah. Could you not so have I, done it if you didn't have that visa? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, it, and, and, and I had a three-year visa and I didn't use it once. So I was determined to use it before it ran out. So I was happy. I was really happy to do it. It was really fun. He was really uh kind and nice and like introed me really well so it was like it was easier because of his intro comedian author and returning almost famous guest david Badil discusses the first time he realized that he was actually famous in this next clip it was sort of a rather it's mechanical thing uh and not very kind of elevated but it was to do with be in a way it was to do with having been on the cabaret circuit for a long time um because, as you'll know, because you've done the circuit, it's quite a thing to get up on stage when people have no idea who you are and make them laugh, right? I, yeah. I think an audience, especially a British audience, not so much an American one, but I think a British audience, their attitude is, fuck off, make me laugh, isn't it? And you have to, yes, win, totally. you have to win them over. Yeah. And in America, I think, because I've done some gigs there in America, it's like they're impressed that you're up there and you have to ruin it to not make them laugh. Yes. But in Britain, it's fuck off, make me laugh. Who are you? essentially. I So we'd done one series of the Mary White's Experience and me and Rob Newman had a live gig at a place called The Venue in New Cross. Oh my God, I used uh, to go to The Venue on nights out. Yeah, it was a club, <laughs> I know, but it was yeah. it was like 900 people, I think, were uh, in it when it was being used for an audience thing. And I, I didn't even know that we would fill it, but also I was quite worried about how it would go or whatever because it was the first gig I'd done for a while. And we got there, there were people queuing around the block for it. People absolutely, young people queuing around the block for it. And we came on stage and people went fucking mental and they laughed at everything I said. And I thought, oh, right, this job is much, much easier when you're famous, right? Because no longer is it that you're a stranger coming on and people are thinking, who's this? Oh, I don't like the look of him. Fuck off, right? It's people who want to see you, who feel you're already a friend of theirs, someone they like. And so they're so much more ready to laugh. And that's what I felt about it. Yeah. It was something very mechanical and sort of utilitarian as a comedian. Oh, right. It's much easier getting laughs when people already like you, i.e. Yeah. your famous. 
Author, broadcaster and former editor of Loaded Magazine, James Brown, discusses how drugs played a hand in the tone of Loaded Magazine and how they also led him to turn down the offer of his own chat show on Channel 4 back in the 90s. I was being offered all sorts of jobs. Chat show, Channel 4 was commissioned for me to be called, you know, the James Brown show Saturday night. And then I walked away from that. Why did you walk away from that? I just, I, to be honest, I just didn't think I could do what they wanted me to do and edit the magazine as well. It was Jeff Pope, who's now a really successful thriller writer and director with ITV. He works a lot. He's done a lot of big films. And uh, he wanted, he thought he could make basically the Larry Sanders show. And um, it was just going to be difficult to do that and do Loaded. And also, you know, a lot of these, I was approached about editing newspapers, about editing very high-profile newspaper supplements. I was approached about going to other countries and doing magazines. And the truth of the matter is I had a really bad cocaine habit. I mean, it was at that point, it was still pretty good. <laughs> and... <laughs> A pretty good bad cocaine habit. Well, you know, it was still fun. It hadn't. I mean, later it, it ceased to amuse me as much as it had in those days, and so I stopped it. But the um, I had a habit at that point, not a problem. But the habit was was you, you know you could be a drug addict and work at Loaded, and there were three or four of us that were, and there was a lot of very heavy drugs there, not just white powders, different color powders, and. Um, in that, to come back to that question about whether they interfered, we were pretty free to behave how we wanted to behave in the office and abroad on jobs. We spent a lot of time in South America for for more than cultural reasons, you know. And <laughs> and we, I mean, I wanted that magazine to be like when I'd been to Brazil with the Happy Mondays. I wanted it to be like the books I read about the Rolling Stones at the end of the 60s and early 70s. And in our final clip, actor John Thompson talks about what he thinks is the worst aspect of fame, that being the intrusion from the press, and gives examples of how he was phone hacked by the News of the World and the Daily Mirror back in the 90s and early noughties. That's the worst part of fame, is nothing prepares you for the intrusion. I mean, it's better now. It is better. Mm. But it's still not great. I mean, nothing prepares you for the. It's like those poor uh, people that you know that the 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 people that go on uh, X Factor or Britain's yeah. Got Talent. Yeah. Soon as soon as they've 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 hit the golden buzzer, Sunday they go mother drug addict, and it's like, it, please really, you know what I mean. And another thing they love to do, the papers in this country, is build you up, 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 and then just knock you down. Yeah. I mean, look at Paul Gascoigne. He was just like, I, don't, I can't believe he's still alive. I know. Poor bloke. Yeah, he, I was, mean. he was my hero growing up as well. I mean, the, the, reason, really? the reason this podcast exists is because, you know, my stepdad was famous, and so I have experience of that that tabloid stuff from when I was a kid, and I think that yeah. that kind of leads me to have this kind of grotty feeling any time the word fame comes up or uh, telling people that I had fame in my family was always a difficult thing for me so I wanted to do something to try and own that um, you yeah. mentioned that you mentioned a couple of times um, your treatment at the hands of the tabloids can you be any more specific in terms of what what they did and how bad it was I know you were you were you part of the phone hacking scandal uh, yeah I was I was hacked by um, um well the thing is though when we went when it all came out 
And we owe Hugh Grant a great debt of thanks for kind of an. He, he's the one that kind of like ex, got the exposition on this. Really, mm. um, he gave someone a, a, a journalist. Someone's car broke down. He gave him a, ha- a hand, and he, he he started chatting to him, and he recorded him. So that's why Hugh's part of hacked off with Steve Coogan's part of that as well. That's right. So Levinson and all that kind of thing. That's all come as a result of this. So. Uh, yeah, I was hacked by uh, the News of the World and um, uh, also the Mirror. But then I, I didn't. I, people said, "Stop!" This, these people used to say to me, "Stop wearing your heart on your sleeve." You know, you, you're too open about it. Things you say, you talk about, and everything. And, and I'm just thinking, but I haven't said this publicly. I've not said any. And it was because my phone was hacked. Right. I, I was kind of going, and also I was paranoid that I was being followed, and people were like recording me and everything. Well, it turned out that not only was my phone being hacked, I was actually being, uh, they'd enlisted two private detectives to follow me right. as well. So it was it was awful because I thought I was going mad because I said, I'm sure I'm being followed and there's stuff going in the paper that I don't know how they're getting hold of this information. And then I found out why. But it was that kind of, it was an awful feeling to think that you're actually going mad and you is your paranoia real? Yeah. And did you only find, so, did you only find out why years and years later when it all got exposed or or more close yeah. to the time? No, it was a year. Yeah, it was a long time ago. A long time. Uh, yeah, it was a long time um, uh, afterwards. Um, but I've kind of I've done I've I've been to court and settled and all that kind of thing. Guys, thanks so much for listening to this compilation episode from series three, the isolation tapes, as I like to call them. Um, please do press that subscribe button on Almost Famous, rate the podcast and leave us a comment too. Find us on Instagram at Almost Famous the Podcast and on Twitter at Pod Almost Famous. And uh, there'll be a little bit of a break now, but I've got plans for the evolution of the podcast and for it to come back very, very soon with Series 4. So please keep looking out for that and have a great time. Cheers, guys. Goodbye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.